Hello, beautiful people. Before we get started, I need to thank another Patreon patron. Thank you, Logan Culwell Block. Thanks to Twitter, I've made some great friends since starting this podcast, and Logan is one of the best. If you're not following his byline at Playbill, then what are you even doing with yourself? Thanks, Logan. Want to get thanked on the air? Just go to patreon.com slash originalcastpod and put your hand up for the original cast. There are a few tiers of patronage, but they all come with access to our bonus monthly podcast, The Original Cast at the Movies. Our pilot episode on Moulin Rouge is available on this feed so you can sample before you buy. April's movie is Mike Lee's 1999 film about Gilbert and Sullivan writing the Mikado, Topsy Turvy. This historical musical gets two historical guests, Charlene V. Smith and Sarah E. Cohen. Again, patreon.com slash originalcastpod. All right, here's the show. Hello, beautiful people. Before we get started today, uh, I wanted to put out a quick warning. We're talking about a show that deals with a lot of themes uh, from uh, prescription medication abuse to suicide. And so if you have any issues or triggers related to those issues, I wanted to give you a heads up and also remind everyone that if you are having any trouble and need to talk to somebody, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline number is 1-800-273-8255. Thanks for listening. Whenever my world falls apart I never lose hope or lose heart Whatever the form of the storm that may brew Not with you to lean on, darlings, you Hello and welcome to The Original Cast, a podcast about original cast albums and the people who love them. I'm Patrick Flynn. My guest today is the assistant production manager extraordinaire at Adventure Theater MTC. It's Brittany Trusky, everybody. Hello. Hello. This is exciting. I'm good. I'm glad you're excited because it's freezing outside. It's too cold. My hands are warming up, but... That's good. A little cold. Warm, cold hands, warm heart. Oh. And tough show you chose (laughs) to talk about... It's true, but I love this show. It's what is it? Tell good. the people what it is. Uh, the show that we're talking about today is Next to Normal. Can you keep the cup from tipping? Can you keep your grip from slipping in despair? For just another day In the hustle and the hurry You want to wipe your worry clean away For just another So, Next to Normal, I have a long history. Um, it was, I call it the first Broadway show I ever saw. Technically, I think it was the miracle worker that I saw first. Um, but my Thespian Honor Society in high school went up to New York, and that was my first time ever going up to New York, first time ever doing any sort of Broadway stuff. And we kind of had to do... We didn't have any set plan on what shows we were going to see. Mm-hmm. We were going up and doing whatever lottery you could get for the cheapest for 15 However high school many people, kids. right. Yeah, and there were three groups of us, and I was uh, in the next-to-normal lottery group, and we were able to get tickets for it, and I was like, I don't know what this show is. And that's my favorite way to go into seeing yeah. a show, is to know absolutely nothing about it. Um, and one of my friends had played a song for me on the way up, but was like, maybe we'll see it, so we shouldn't actually like listen to it. And I was like, you're right. So <laughs> so I had no idea what I was going into, but I was like, it's going to be a Broadway musical. It'll be great. Um, and watched it, and it 
completely blew all of our minds. Yeah. Um, and then definitely colored the next, because that was my senior year of high school, uh, definitely colored the next, like, semester's worth of high school time, because we were all obsessed with playing the musical, and also the Natalie character is leaving high school and things right. like that. So a lot right of at that age, yeah. things that were relatable. And so, yeah. Wow. We really bonded over great. that show. That's a great way to find to find this show. Yeah, and that's where this... Uh, I'm wearing my Superboy t-shirt for those who can't oh. see. Uh, in, in, in festive. In, in festive, right. You dressed up for the podcast. I did. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> and no one will know. Now, well, you just told them. Now they know. And we'll just, they'll believe you because they're nice people. <laughs> Imagine. Um, it's a it's, cool shirt. It's a cool shirt. It doesn't say I'm the Invisible Girl on the back, does it? It does not. It's no. just about the Superboys. They uh. did not have an Invisible Girl t-shirt because... The patriarchy, I guess. I can't. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, if she's invisible, she wouldn't get a shirt either. It'd be kind of weird if she did. <laughs> that's have a true. Shirt. That's true. Yeah. But Superboy's cool. Superboy is pretty cool. Great. Um. Yeah. I I saw this show on the Tonys when it whenever that was two thousand nine. Mm-hmm. Um. I've since looked up those performances, but did not was not in any sort of like Tonys loop at the it's time. It's a so. weird. So did you watch the Tonys performance? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it a lot. It's. It's it's not great because I guess Alice Ripley couldn't hear the band. It sort of seems like because she's off, T- not pitch but time. Yes, it's yes. a trick. I mean, they sing um, "You Don't, Don't know, know," which is a tricky enough song anyway for right. her. And then it, there's this when she starts singing, it sounds like her either her mic isn't on or it's not. I don't know that all I've the way on. That. And then she's off the beat because it has that you know syn- that little syncopated guitar thing, and she's she's off of it and and. Not until the um, the drum hit does she get yeah, back on. Yeah. And the I'd band have to watch it again because I don't know that yeah. I've ever actually noticed that in all of my watchings of it. But <laughs> to be fair, Alice Ripley is kind of a character. So I right. think I just assumed that she's just that going she's just doing with her it. Thing. She's got she that does. Little... I mean, she sells it pretty well. It, it, but she, yeah, it is a pretty funny like little problem that they have. And then it's she <laughs> and Alan Tevitt and... Um, Aaron Tivitt. Aaron Tivitt. Pardon me. Gosh, yeah. I'm just I can not, never say his last name. Not with names today. Names are hard. And uh, and uh, J. Robert Spencer. No. Yeah? Yes. J. Robert Spencer, right. Yes. Who I, who? <laughs> this is so funny. Um, I have thoughts about J. Robert Spencer. Okay. <laughs> we'll get to those. Yeah, because they might be the same thoughts I have. Because um, it was originally, this show has kind of a weird production history, and there's a great episode of the podcast Broadway Backstory that's all about this show and mm. how it like became a show because it went from off broadway mm-hmm. to here to arena stage right which i did not see it when it was here and um and then to broadway and i think at least to the off broadway cast i don't know about the arena stage cast uh brian darcy james played dan um he of yes. uh of many things you, you may have seen that year he on broadway he was shrek um oh wow Yes. Get so <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but he was in Something's Rotten more recently, and he's a guy you know you, you've you've seen him around. Probably. And they're similar types, J. Robert Spencer and Brian Darcy James. And I kept this time like, listening to it. it. Well, I mean, he he left for work. I mean, ah. I think it's pretty much the it. It's kind of I think the Broadway backstory talks about this. It's kind of a miracle as many people made it from. Oh, yeah. The off-Broadway to the Broadway that did, including Alice Ripley, they kind of stuck with the show because instead of going straight from off-Broadway to Broadway, they took a they detour took a little, to sort of rework the show and and then, um, and then you know, then come to Broadway, which is a not something people usually do, but it was, I think, a very good idea for this show because apparently they rewrote it a Extensive. lot. Yeah. Was it still called... Cause 
I know the original title was Feeling Electric. Yeah, by the time it got off Broadway, it was called Next to Normal. Okay. Or at least maybe during the run. By the time it came here, certainly, it was yeah. called Next to Normal. Because I know that was like a whole thing that they cut that track and yes. rejiggered it. And... It's a pretty cool song. Have you heard the song? I have never heard that song, it's a pretty. It's a pretty cool song. It doesn't. It doesn't fit, though. You get why the, they cut it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those songs that it's a great song, and it, it just doesn't belong in this show anymore. Though you can also yeah. hear how it would have once fit. Yeah. You know what I mean? How it once, like, oh, that I see how that was once part of the show, and it doesn't. Because they used to have a lot more tracks. Because I actually hadn't yeah. ever looked up the history of it until I was studying for this podcast a Ooh, little bit. Uh, and so I looked it up, and, the, and I was going through the list and was confused for a while because I was like, I don't know these songs have I just been missing like did I skip them every time that I had the CD and then I was like oh no they're just that's the old track list it's yes. like 10 songs longer yeah yeah it's absolutely it's a they 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 rewrote this extensively and then uh won the uh the Pulitzer Prize for all their rewriting which is good it was a weird Pulitzer decision I don't know if did you read about that I didn't really the controversy was that it oh wait wa- it wasn't nominated it was not one of the three shortlist candidates Mm -hmm. yes there is a five-member drama jury that selects three nominees that then goes to the full pulitzer committee and Mm -hmm. that full pulitzer committee picks it and um the pulitzer committee exercised its right for the first time ever in the and like hasn't done it (laughs) since to give it to next to normal instead of the three that were suggested that were suggested and then the drama jury chairman who was Charles McNulty at the time was very critical and publicly critical Whoa. of them for doing that um, because he, in his opinion and he could be right they ignored the three shows because they were not running whereas Next to Normal mm. was running so it was like um, in front of their faces more so yes so it's just to, in order to pick a show that people would be able to go see instead mm-hmm. of three shows that had which you know it's it's just so weird it's it's so weird a that they did that that, and then b that they did it for a musical like that's such an unusual Mm -hmm. step to take in this at all i'm not pretty good (laughs) it is really good i mean that's that that's the that is the good thing about it uh that you can get yeah at least it's not like i mean i i I know i personally have like a personal background i was gonna say you did pick the show i did pick the show i do have a bias (laughs) but i also think like i mean and yeah i'm sure there are people that don't love it as much but I, i feel like it's a good enough show that I'm like, yeah, I can see why that would happen. As opposed to like, if it was like, oh, well, that's kind of a crappy. Show. Yeah, it's it's a, it, it certainly yeah. Well, I'll or, allow it. I'll show. allow them to do that <laughs> this time. Brittany approves. Brittany You're approves. off the hook, Damn. but next time, um, Mc, be careful. Mc, McNulty. Um, so, but for those people who don't know, we've been, we've skipped over this part. Uh, yes. Could you think you could summarize the plot of Next to Normal? Um, I At least in a think... cursory fashion. Oh yes, 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 yes. I think I can do that. Um, so the the plot of Next to Normal focuses around um, uh, the Goodman family, primarily the mother, whose name is Diana, um, dealing with her uh, what they call in the musical bipolar depressive disorder, um, and it's just them kind of dealing with her mental health and how that affects their little suburban family, um, and. Spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> primarily, um, the... <laughs> sorry. It's kind of funny. There is like a... There's a big spoiler there's a big in spoiler. the synopsis of the plot. Right, but it comes... It's a weird spoiler because it, it of its placement. It comes like... So late. 
but like not even midway through act one like it's yeah. is it midway through it's 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 really funny how like this this huge yeah they're able to keep this massive secret yeah, from so the audience basically um there's a very traumatic event in yeah, it's her about halfway past, through act one yeah um that you don't learn about until halfway through act one and it's mostly the story is the family dealing with her memory and reaction to that you have one to tell everybody event. what happened i to. will i will but i have to also <laughs> tell the story oh, wherein, okay so it, not going into next to normal having n- no mm-hmm. knowledge of what was going on oh sure was perfect yeah yeah um because uh i would have rocked you oh yeah oh yeah so basically there are four characters that you see at the beginning of the show there's diana the mom the dad dan dan thank you you're welcome a uh, little forgettable poor dan <laughs> that's kind of the point though yeah um uh, the daughter, Natalie, and the son, um, who you don't realize they haven't told you the name of, but you're like, there's a son on the stage. Um, and then you realize halfway through act one, after Diana brings out a birthday cake, uh, and Dan says that they don't have a son, that their son died uh, as, a, as like a child many years ago. And you've been seeing him like running around the stage and like singing around and you think he's interacting with people, but then you think about it afterwards and you realize, oh no, mm-hmm. they weren't even looking at him. Mm-hmm. And it's the most mind blowing thing. <laughs> so basically that's that's the traumatic event that kind of spiraled her into this whole um, delusional episode thing since that point. Right. Um, 16 or 18 years, almost 18 years Is it 18 ago. years? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's turning 18. Okay. That year. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, and she's heavily medicated mm-hmm. and it's it's you know, she's yeah, you're right. Like for the first half of act one, she's in trouble, but you really don't know why. Yeah. And then you go, Oh, well that makes perfect sense. Well, you know, and then we spend the rest of the show dealing with that. All different sides of yeah mental health treatment. Like she she's on medication, she tries hypnotherapy, they try uh electric shock therapy. Right, that's the end of act one. Um yeah. And then, and then the, the, off the it is it is a really I mean it's a very plot heavy show yes but it's dense it is very and you can tell how carefully they wrote it mm-hmm. it is very cleanly told like you really never yes. lose the thread everybody's decisions make perfect sense mm-hmm. for the audience going in like you know they don't make perfect sense it's sort of an objective sense but yeah. you have this you know. Diane is on all kinds of medication and then she decides to go off her medication and that obviously causes the problems one might expect but then her husband doesn't notice because she's so happy Mm -hmm. because you know (laughs) and then they decide they're going to have electro she tries to kill herself they're going to have electroshock therapy Natalie starts taking her medication Mm -hmm. uh, because she feels invisible Dan does happen yeah and and like but like and Dan as you say um but Dan is, is it's really interesting how each character kind of represents a response to trauma. Yes. The three the three the three living characters yes. anyway. Um whereas Dan is always just trying to put it behind him. Mm-hmm. And he wants it has kind him. of put it behind him, though at the end, maybe not. Um yeah. Uh <laughs> so he he's always just trying to get her to forget and move on. And then when she does have the electroshock therapy, I mean, it's an amazing plot device. She has the electroshock therapy. She, she loses 19 years of memory Crazy. and he goes, awesome. This we can start over again yeah. and decides never to tell her about her son. But then of course her psychiatrist who out. doesn't know Dan's grand plan is like, <laughs> do you know about your son? And then that heartbreaking song, I don't remember which one it is. All of them. Well, they're yeah. <laughs> act two. Very good point. Um, <laughs> Where he won't tell her Gabe's name. Uh, how, is, how could I ever forget? It's when she comes back from the yeah. 
the psychiatrist. I think it no, is. No, it's gonna be, it's it's gonna be good. The reprise like, of that. Reprise. Okay. Um, where she's sort of yelling at him to tell her him yeah. the son's name, and, and he, he won't do it. The... It's gonna be fine. It's gonna be fine. Gonna go back to the doctor because we caught it just in time. We'll take the pills. We'll pay His the name. bills. We'll do more ECT. Our son. It's gonna be good. You see. What was his name? It's gonna be good, you'll see. What was his name? It's gonna be good, 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 it's gonna things to help her remember but that right. was a thing he put away and then he brings it out or she finds it and he breaks it in that moment and i'm like oh yeah <laughs> thank, damn but, and then gabe comes back yeah but I, I i do agree that like all of the characters um I, I feel like while you can't do it all in one musical um because I mean, the, the one thing you don't really get in next to normal is like where these methods of mental health help people which isn't what this show is about right but, um you just get kind of the, the bad side of things. But I think it does help to show how, like, people who have family members who have mental health issues have to cope to deal with them. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's that's really interesting to not just be like, look at her, she's crazy. But it's like, look at her and look at the people here to support her and how this all how they're all in this together. Well, and it's, yeah, and it's not how they all affect each other, how it's not just like, it's not just the psychopharmacologist's job to make Diana feel better. It's Dan's job to make her feel better as well. Mm. And it's not Natalie's job to like make her parents feel better, at least not all the time. Like it's her parents' job to like pay attention to her. And it's so, it's the fact that this has been her whole life. I mean, this has been, you know, 19 years or 18 years since since Gabe died and Natalie is 18, right? 16. 16. Okay. She's trying to get to school. Oh, that's early. right. She's trying to get us. Yeah, she's trying to get out of high school. Um is just like it's it's so tragic but also so ordinary. Like yes. the musical never really gets it's suburban. Yeah, and very placid and mm. the the it never feels in that like heightened operatic like melodramatic and that's where i'm really yes. it never feels melodramatic yeah. it's very dramatic it, and rock and roll right if you haven't heard it it's, oh yes it's the score is rock and roll the score is really <laughs> is really interesting uh but it never gets crazy with it it never gets sort of like self-indulgent almost um mm-hmm. and i get the sense that it kind of was which is sort of you know where you start at the beginning it, it sort of was very melodramatic and then they worked they on it honing it down to what the actual core of it is. And it does this thing I love that a, a, a lot of great musicals do where it twists reprises a lot in Act 2. We have a lot of reprises of so songs many. in Act 2, but they're twisted sideways and different characters are singing them and and you're not... Like you say, the You Don't Know, which is a great song, um, the one they did at the Tonys. Do you wake up in the morning and need help to lift your head? Do you read obituaries and feel jealous of the dead? It's like living on a cliffside not knowing when you'll die Do you know, do you know What it's like to die alive When a world that once had color Fades to white and gray and black When tomorrow's hair advise you But you'll die if you look back You don't know
reprised by the doctor and is also the meaning and Diana. It's been four weeks since the treatment and my mind is still a mess and what's left to be remembered well, it's anybody's guess Cause my past is like the weather It will come and it will go I don't know, even know What it is that I don't know I'm some Christopher Columbus Sailing out into my mind With no map of where I'm going Or of what I've left behind I don't know The things I don't know I'm sure something's missing Wish it would show, I don't know You say, take it slow And I do, although, how I do I don't know But using that song, the double meaning of that, like, you don't know, and she doesn't know, and, she and then she does know And it's all, it's that, I mean, it's so well, well constructed and well, yeah. well put together uh, But I want to hear because you brought it up. What are your feelings about J. Robert Spencer? Oh. All re- with all with all due with respect, all due respect and and love. Definitely. Yes, it was just in listening to this again that I was like, oh yeah, this is kind of funny. Because um, I didn't see him when when we saw it on Broadway. By the time we got there, um, Jen Damiano and Alice Ripley were still there, but there was a different um, Jason Danley. There was a different Gabe who was Kyle, Kyle Dean Massey. Kyle Dean Massey. Mm-hmm. Um, and then an understudy was actually on for Dad. Ooh. So I don't actually remember who he was, um, but I liked him a lot. Um, and then listened to the uh, cast album and was like, oh, I don't actually like him as much. And I don't know that that's necessarily his fault just because like, that's the guy I saw. Right. But <laughs> there, I did realize, especially in um, whatever is before, I don't know. Uh, or you don't know the song in that Act Dad One. sings. Um, who's Can you cr- tell me? That song? Oh, well, that's in. The- <laughs> <laughs> I will sing all of them that's, if you want. That, I mean, he's not here. Is the song he sings before it? But you don't know has like three parts to it. Yeah, yeah. So, They're like, so, I am yeah. the one who holds you. I am the one. Yeah. Who, yeah. I am the one who knows you. I am the one who cares. I am the one who's always been there. I am the one who's helped you. I just don't give a damn You just don't know who I am If you do listen to it, what's really fun is how it flows from, from track to track because some of them are technically a track. Like, mm-hmm. should be one song but are broken up. Two tracks, but the, yeah. the production of it is really good, I yes. think. Um, but in I Am The One, uh, he is very obviously auto-tuned for a section of it. Yeah, okay, I'm glad you said that because <laughs> I was listening to it in, I mean, when I listen to the, obviously I've heard this a hundred yeah. times. When I listen for the show, I listen, I try to listen intently, and I backed it up, and I was like, I wonder oh, if yeah. that's a fault on my. Like, I was like, mm, I think my MP3 might be damaged, but no, no, it's consistent. okay. And I remember that specifically also in listening to it in high school. Um, ah. Is just how much that, and it's not the whole thing. No, it's just that's that what makes it stand song. out. Yeah. Can I touch you? We've been fine for so long now. There's actually a fun uh, parody of of this song by a, a gentleman who I don't remember his name, 
um, who does this as a like one person and like dresses up as all the characters. Oh, nice. Um, and at that part, he like pretends to like hold his ear and like and oh. be Dan and like <laughs> throw his hand around. Um, because I think it is very obvious that that one part is like it's I don't know so, why they did that. It, it's very very weird. Auto tuning. This is what 2009. Auto tuning was. It was a thing. A thing. Yeah. Um, you had like. Auto-tuned but it's weird. Yeah, it it it's it's so noticeable. Yeah, it, it's it's and it like you say, it stands in this otherwise and otherwise very well produced. Well, and raw kind of. It's mm-hmm. a raw show. It's got a raw recording. It's got a vibe of like I'm sure it wasn't recorded this way, but for the most part, it feels like we're all just sitting in a room. Yeah. Like singing the crap out of this. There's mm-hmm. this one moment of auto tune, <laughs> and you kind of You're go, like, "That's a weird thing to like want to get that perfect." Like, yeah. how far off did we? How far <laughs> far afield did we go? You know, and why didn't we do take? four or you know why yeah. didn't what whatever whatever it is yeah and that's also like that song especially like they're all going all over the place and up all high so i'm like i don't think it's gonna detract that much from yeah the enjoyment but well who I mean, knows we'll never know somebody made a decision somebody um did. yeah I, I otherwise I, I think he's fine and i think in the in the in the recording he's good but i just remember the guy that we saw and i was just like dang he's really good so. Yeah, I, I never like to, especially in a cast like this small, I never like to pick on somebody. Yeah, no, but definitely he, there is, it is a, it, it I, yeah, he stands out to me, um, mm. his performance, and not in a great way. Not a terrible way. No, it doesn't detract. Just... Um, I also don't know how much of that, though, is the character. Yeah, that's what I was Because the character is just the worst. And he becomes, I should say, he becomes the worst. Yes. The moment he decides not to tell her about Gabe, he's, that's an active, like, before that he's kind of passively Mm -hmm. not helpful. When he decides to become like, he's like an active villain in that moment. Yeah. And it's, and I really, it's a fun moment as a writer because it does the thing you really want it to do where Diana and Natalie are like here Mm. and then Dan's kind of in the middle and when Dan lies and then won't like when Natalie screams at him for not telling her the Mm -hmm. truth Natalie and Diana come together in a very like against Dan they're not fine but it brings them that act by him which is supposed to unite his family actually unites these two women kind of against him they have an affinity yes and they don't have something in common they have common ground which they've never had in the entire show besides both being on drugs. On drugs, yes. <laughs> but one they don't them, really bond over that. One of them They do needs sing it. together, though. Um, and have a... Well, uh, and they have kind of ineffectual men. I don't know how much we feel about Henry in this in this room, but... Uh. <laughs> um, high school Henry... Uh, high school Brittany loved Henry. Okay. Um, mostly, because I think adult it's just... Like? Well, adult, adult Brittany, I think, also. Says Natalie's like, in high school, whatever. Right, Natalie's yeah. in high school. Okay. Um, I guess... What I don't, what I never really got is that he's the stoner one. Like, I feel like that character development didn't really come across. Oh, really? I don't know. Like, in, I don't know, in the play, he's just sitting there, like, smoking that one time. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, okay. (laughs) Maybe. maybe. Um, But, I mean, I love, I love the, uh, like, Hayes number one, two, and three, Mm -hmm. which is what they're called. Yes, they are. Hey number one, two, hey number three. three. Yes. Uh, Perfect for you. I love all of his songs. Um, And... I think, I mean, I, I like, yeah, I like that their relationship is in there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it gives me the warmth. Well, she needs somebody to talk to. Definitely. Um, and it, it's that terrible thing. Uh, it's a nice contrast because she's not wanted at home, mm-hmm. but she is wanted mm-hmm. by Henry. But that's not the kind of want, like, she just wants her parents to right, pay attention, mainly her mother. Right, away a lot. Yeah. Um, but he and keeps it, on keeping on. He keeps on keeping on. He <laughs> does. And he's good. I mean, ultimately, he proves himself to be good for her, I think, mm-hmm. at least not right now. Yeah. Um, 
He kind of pushes through. He gives her a hard enough time when it's warranted talking about asking her if she's still on drugs, like in a very direct way. And I think that's a very she gets kind of defensive. But I think he's totally within his rights because he says it that that performance is really great. I think gives a very caring kind of like, you're right, you know, like, but serious kind of address. I think she's also used to. I mean, she's she's used to being perfect and she's used to yeah. n- not having people have to worry about her even though she actually wants them to. So suddenly when, like, people should worry and someone is worried, she she doesn't. She is like, oh, no, I don't want this. Right. She doesn't know how to take let, it. Let me do what I want to do. Right. Yeah. And they're going to go to the spring formal, which is so cute. Oh, it is so cute. So that's why it's like she's <laughs> she takes her mom's uh, prescription. So there's a point um, in Natalie's story where, like, she's she's trying to get into Yale. She's like... Uh, for piano scholarship. Right. Um, and then, but she gets really upset at what's happening with her mom because her mom does attempt suicide, um, which is a pretty big deal. Pretty big deal. Um, and and then so she starts taking her mom's meds that her mom has is not taking anymore uh, and then goes off the rails and goes to clubs and is doing drugs and stuff. Right. And, um, like you do. Like you do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Yeah. Oh, Natalie. Yeah, it's she has a heartbreaking journey. Yeah, so um, they have that, but then they do bring it back to like, oh yeah, they're also in high school and they're also just like gonna go to the dance. Because she does get clean pretty fast, right? Yeah, like it goes she's not it goes it. bad, it breaks very bad, and mm-hmm. then kind of swings back in pretty pretty quick. Because yeah. it's on hey it's hey number one where I think he says, Are have you, you been on drugs? On the scene? Yeah, are yeah. you still on are you clean or something? Yeah. Yeah, so I think but I think she's that that's when she's still kind of like in it, and then hey, number two is she's is when she's like, actually out of it. Yeah, um, which actually is More great so. because that's that she's coming out of it just as as Diana's going to remember and Gabe's going to reappear. Um, Gabe. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's a uh, Gabe. Gabe, our boy. So like, I want to stick with Natalie for one second, and then sure. we'll we'll jump over to Gabe because he is a fascinating character. But it, it, it is. Um, I was talking to Carrie Ginsburg yesterday, mm-hmm. who did this at. Um, Keegan. Mm, I didn't see it. I neither did I, I unfortunately. To, I love and uh, we were just sort of talking about the show, and she asked me what my favorite songs were, uh, and told me if I said afterwards, if I said I miss the mountains, that we would no longer be friends. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, I skip it every time. Yeah, it's really what was so funny was I was I was texting with her, and I was listening to it as I was texting, and that song hadn't come up yet, and then it came up, and you were like, and I was like, yeah, okay, like. I hadn't really ever thought about it before, you know what I mean? I, I guess I probably is literally just... the one that I consistently skip. And when I saw it in the show, I was like, and t- t- someone, we were listening to it later in high school, uh, when my high school friends was like, yeah, I, I just skip that one every time. And I was like, why? And then as I started listening to it more, I was like, meh. Yeah. I also am going to do that. Yeah. Because it, it serves a great purpose yes. in the show. Um, where it's like Diana's decision that she's me- heavily medicated um, which works for some people, doesn't seem to be working for her. She feels really out of touch with herself um, and decides through the prompting of Gabe um, that you don't hear, but he's right. there, to stop taking her medication without letting anybody know. Um, and so it's it's a it's a plot point. Yes. And it's a fine song, but it's just not very interesting. Of all yeah. of the stuff on this album, it's just solo and maybe that's the point because she's in such a yeah she's it it is a hard song because she is she's level i mean one of my favorite songs comes two songs before that which is my psychopharmacologist and Mm -hmm, i mm -hmm. 
The round blue ones with food, but not with the oblong white ones. The white ones with the round yellow ones, but not the trapezoidal green ones. Split the green ones into thirds with a tiny chisel. Use a mortar and pestle to My psychopharmacologist and I. It's like an odd romance. Intense and very intimate. We do our dance. My psychopharmacologist and I. Call it a lover's game. He knows my deepest secrets. I know his name. And at the end of it, she he, she says she doesn't feel anything, and yes. she's declared stable oh. by the aptly named Doctor Fine. Little Dr. little on the nose. Little on that, the nose. That's, well, that's, that's what you get with some of these things. That's okay. Well, he only does that song, so yes. it's no big deal. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the doctor's played by the same actor, right? Both doctors. Yes, both okay. doctors. So, and in any event. Um, Dr. Madden is a much better doctor than Dr. Fine. <laughs> uh, but see, they they end and she's level. Like you say, she's yes. stable. He declares stable. her stable because she has Doesn't she's not feeling anything at all. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, the song that you have to write for that character, mm-hmm. who it's a great metaphor, saying "I miss the mountains." And if you listen to it and listen to the lyrics, I like the lyrics. Mm-hmm. It's just and in performance, I don't think it would bug me at yes. all. It, it, it's a very appropriate. Like you say, it's a boring song. It should be a boring song, yeah. actually. It, it, if you had an interesting song, that wouldn't make any like, sense. What's she doing? And I do love that, the, you know, missing the mountains being I miss the peaks. Like she's not mm-hmm. feeling anything. She misses the highs and she's ignoring the valleys. Yeah. Uh, so that all works for but me. Think, yeah, it's a, it, it, it conveys a complicated thing that I haven't ever had to deal with, but I'm sure people do when they're when you're on any sort of like mood stabilizer or something that's going to affect your brain chemistry. Mm-hmm. Like you think your brain is you. Um, and to a degree it is, and but maybe to a degree it isn't. But right, yeah. At what point do you say like, oh no, this is a symptom. It's not actually a part of my personality. I think that's a really complicated thing that I feel like they are able to get across. Well, in it's the, song, the which is hard. It's funny to think you don't sort of realize it at the time until you think about the the sort of timeline of it later. But like this has been the majority of her life. Yeah, probably. Yeah, well, because they talk about the year of too much lithium when they're remembering things. And right. so clearly they've been trying to like figure out these dosages since like in like the for past, how, in yeah. the photo albums. Also, my psychopharmacologist and I, we really don't know how long that song takes. I mean, he says after how many weeks, but it sort of feels like it's this long, like this has been going on for like a really, yeah. really long time. Yeah. And she spent, at least, if not most of her life, a good, you know, almost half of her life on on medication of one kind or another. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I can imagine that, fe- like, the, you know, I've heard people talk about that fog feeling that they have, and, mm-hmm. you know, nobody likes it. It, yeah. it sort of seems to be the universal problem. Uh, so, yeah, it's not it's not a great song. But so my, 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 <laughs> she, she asked me what my favorites were. One is my psychopharmacologist and it's I. It's just fun. It's just a lot of fun. Um, and it's good. It's fun when you can learn the words. I love a song with a lot of words in it. Mm-hmm. So when you learn them and, and can long, sing them. And long, like, kind of tricky, you're complicated like, words. look yeah. at me. I know it. <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite. That's a great joke, too, about the sex drive. I think that's a fantastic joke. Well, thank you, but my husband's waiting <laughs> in the car. It's a really nice joke. Um, I think also High School Britney... Um, found a lot of the things in this musical a bit scandalous. Oh. Because, like, I, I still don't really curse, but especially in high school, especially, like, explicitly, like, didn't curse. And so this musical is a bit like, oh, yes. Oh, my. Got that parental advisory sticker on it. <laughs> Explicit. Mm-hmm. Um, so my psychopharmacologist. <laughs> yes. And the other one, though, and this is what I wanted to, to talk about. Natalie is Superboy, and your t-shirt is Superboy and the Invisible Girl. Oh. Superboy and the Invisible Girl. 
son of steel and daughter of air. He's a hero, a lover, a prince. She's not there. Superboy and the invisible girl. Everything a kid oughta be. He's immortal, forever alive. Is one of the saddest songs in in a like it to me in a, it's a beautiful expression of a character, an excellent metaphor. These characters are all really good with metaphor, which you know we can you can pick at that if you want to, but I think it's great. Um, she, she's this this feeling of you know that her mother holds up Gabe as being this perfect perfect son th- son He's the child she wanted right, and Natalie's you know. I mean the lyric, you know, he's he's for you know, he's your hero forever a prince. She's not there. I mean, it's that like, yeah. and then Diana though. The thing I really like about it is, is it is Natalie's song. But when Gabe comes in, mm-hmm. and then Diana responds by saying, "That's not true. I love you as much as I can," yeah. and it is that like, oh my god, like it, I appreciate on one level you're like, well, that's very honest of you, but it's also not but enough. that's you should know that's not you, right that's yeah. not great you know that right and she kind of i think diana kind of does know that it, on some level that she's like letting natalie down there's a lot of people in act one saying they're doing their best mm-hmm. and they're not like you just you just, <laughs> just not there but because they're facing you know i don't want to belittle the trauma that any of them is right. facing and and diana says that i don't know if it's the end of act one where she says um and then we had when she tells the story of the um, night that Gabe died. Is that two? And she says, and then we had Di- we had Natalie, and I know she know right away. Yeah. We had Natalie too, and she like, and it's like implied replace. Right, and Gabe. she goes, and I know she knows, and it is that like there's a great moment for Diana to be like, that's that's terrible. Like yeah. we've we've let her, we did it for that reason, mm-hmm. and she knows it, and I know it, and that's not a reason. Like you have a kid, like that's just that's the worst. It's, it's messed up. yeah, <laughs> and it's just so, I, I get really stuck. I mean, the sadness of this comes on the fact for me that it's been it's been eighteen years of mm-hmm. this eighteen and it's just coming years. to a head. Yeah, um, which I'm not really. Is it, it does I, maybe this is clearer when you see it. Is it just coming to a head because it's Gabe's eighteenth birthday, or um, from what I understand, I don't know that they're really. Now that I think about it, I don't know that there really is an impetus. I don't think it's it's for the 18th birthday specifically, because mm-hmm. um, it seems like this like the delusions and the visions of Gabe have been going on for a while. Forever, yeah. Um, I think I think the tension um, with uh, the only the only thing that I can think is like a time sensitive thing is is from Natalie's side is her trying to get out and get graduated oh, in, that's true. in advance. That's yeah. like the only thing that's that I can see as being like a different the... thing, yeah. which isn't necessarily on 
Diana. Well, it's added stress in the house, though. I mean, yeah. it's, it's if, if Natalie, if she has this audition coming up for Yale, mm-hmm. that she, if she gets in, she can leave the totally. house. All she wants to do is leave the house. Yeah. Um, so that does add stress on everybody. Yeah. And maybe and you get it in the very beginning when she's like up all night. Um, yes. So maybe Singing. that's is that everything else? Something. But I don't really Mozart know exactly. Mozart was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they curse right away for Teenage Britney there. Oh, yes. Three. Oh, yes. Though, of and course, talk about sex at the very I was going to say, beginning. just another day. I'm gonna, why are you up at 3 a.m.? I'm going to oh, go gosh. have sex with your father. Yes. Thanks. I'm so yes. glad I know that. Yes. A scandal and a half <laughs> found on Broadway, everybody. <laughs> Where'd you grow up? Uh, Bowie. Maryland. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> in, in the, like in the Midwest. Like, <laughs> not that that means anything. I was going to say. You never, like, not like a stereotypical. The, like, you mean the ethereal Midwest. Yes. Not the, like, yes, not the, not the literal. Not the literal Midwest. Yeah. The concept, conceptual Midwest. No. no I, I, I mean, I'm, I was and still am like a very good kid. So like mm-hmm. Natalie's character was really helpful for me to have in there. Because my, my family's also dealt with, like, mental health stuff, and I'm the one who really hasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was really, her character specifically was really important to me because it is a lot of, like, oh, you want to, like, be there for them, but sometimes you really don't know what's going on. And also the concern at the end that she comes up with of, like, what if I go crazy mm-hmm. is, like, a big, I mean, like, yeah. a big thing that I have also thought before. I was like, I don't know. Your body could do anything. Right. Like these things just come up. Um, so that so that was her character from beginning to end is definitely someone who I'm like, oh yeah, like I, I'm here to follow what is going mm-hmm. on here. And I and I think that's helpful for. I'm sure there are a lot of people kind of in that position. Oh sure, yeah. There seems to be somebody in this for everybody. Yeah, um, I think so. Oh, because at one point we've all been versions of all these people. I mean, you know, we've all experienced some kind of trauma that has. Mm-hmm shaken and you either get out of it with your friends or you don't you know like there's that you leave your whole life behind diana right (laughs) yeah so the question we'll get to this now this is fun (laughs) the big i i one of the reasons i was texting with carrie was to ask is there anything i should talk about i mean somebody Mm -hmm. did the show and dug into it and she asked the question that i will now put to you Uh what do you think happens after the end because the show ends, just to be very clear for everybody, yes. the show ends with, I mean, Diana has this, she has a break um, and sort of, but kind of, it's kind of unclear to me exactly what happens in Make Up Your Mind and the Catch Me I'm Falling reprise um, right mm-hmm. before next to the, the, the sort of quasi title song. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, but she makes a decision to, to leave is yes. that is that what happened yes okay yeah so what happens after she leaves yeah so the bit would be I'm just, big I'm, rock I'm, lights come on and yeah. <laughs> she decides and this is where i think maybe mental health professionals might quibble with the show a little bit oh i'm sure they do yeah <laughs> especially she, with the 10 years since um they she gabe reappears uh to diana and she freaks out justifiably Mm. and runs back to the doctor and asks what if the medicine like no medicine works Mm -hmm. um and sort of decides that it isn't her brain that's the problem but it's her heart and her soul that are actually in pain not her mind Mm. and dr madden tries to get her to have more electroshock therapy she refuses um because he's i mean the fear being that she's gonna try to kill herself again she refuses uh politely but (laughs) refuses um 
And this freaks out Natalie, who then they sing the song Next to Normal, where they're mm. sort of like, there is no such thing as normal. Like, we're not going to be normal. Get it. Um, I love this. Yeah, title. it's a pretty good title. I like the title. <laughs> yeah. Um, I almost wish they didn't say it, but it's, yeah, it's okay. The, it way is, they, the way they work it There's always a moment when someone says the title where you're like, oh, I know. There's the title. This must be some kind of hot tub time machine. <laughs> and then she goes, she tells, she sends Natalie to the dance. And then she goes home and says that Dan, um, that she's leaving uh, because she needs to sort of figure things out by herself. Um, And then Dan sort of is like, and then the huge twist, (laughs) the huge twist at the end, though, is that that Gabe appears to Dan. Yeah. And we know that Dan has been actually seeing Gabe this whole time. And so I guess then the question becomes, and then they have the finale, um, which is light. And you see all these people kind of like, Dan goes to Dr. Madden um, and uh, Diane, you know, Henry and Natalie are together mm-hmm. and Diane is alone, but she's cool-ish. And that's mm-hmm. the question. And then the question becomes, yeah. where does it go from there? What's the next, you know, what's act three of, of Next to Normal? I, I was always worried about Diana. Mm-hmm. I... And that's just kind of the only sense that I really had. Like, in my brain, I'm like, I think Natalie and Dan do okay. Um, but I also think that they they haven't really had too much alone time. Right. And so I feel like, I mean, I, a lot of it, I think, is like them exploring what their relationship is. Um, I'm assuming Dan would. I'm, I'm In my brain, like, Dan gets really depressed <laughs> well that's the question like it, it the impl- is well, the implication already... that he's been seeing gabe the whole time yes okay in it, my in my that's head, how i always took it too yeah um when i was reading a synopsis it kind of made it s- sound like oh diana left gabe for dan which in my brain doesn't make sense you could certainly um, stage it that way like, I, I can see it but that's not I, you could I, do it as like a transfer situation and be like oh now she's free and now he's left with him but i think it's definitely he's been seeing him the whole time but he's been ignoring it, which then also makes, which then makes Dan's character much more interesting. Yes. Um, and makes him like, yes, a different side of the same trauma and the same grief, which yes. is an also completely like valid way to try and cope with something. Well, that's the thing is you sort of then understand him. He's been using mm-hmm. Diana's Diana as kind of a, a exactly right. As long as I'm taking care of her, I'm fine. I'm fine. She's, you know, I'm not, this thing is actually like, you can kind of write off this, these seeing, you know, and we can go into whether or not he's literally seeing Gabe at the Mm -hmm. end or not, but it's, it's at least supposed to represent that though he's been acting fine, he is not fine. He is, he's, he's not dealing with the trauma of his son's death. And in that, I think maybe him and Natalie have more in common than they think they do. Mm -hmm. Um, So maybe, maybe they'd be able to bond, but I have always worried about how Diana does. I'd, I've never seen it as a great choice uh, for her to leave. And maybe that's just me coming from like being on the outside, looking into a lot of things and being like, Oh, I think, I think you need to stay and get help and all that sort of stuff. Like going it alone is usually not the solution, but I don't know. Yeah. It's a, it's certainly a valid choice. Yeah. And it's, it, it's, it's an interesting question because like you could almost imagine the show having an act three mm-hmm. of her trying to do it. She goes to the mountains. By herself, right. <laughs> and she gets really boring. Uh, <laughs> just her sitting the sound of music. She turns, right. She's John Denver for the rest of the year. 
Uh, this old guitar. Yeah, there you go. Nice. <laughs> Country road. Um, but you, I have to say that the character I was most worried about, maybe it's just in the presentation, the character I'm most worried about at the end is Dan. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's like... He's... Yeah. Alone in the dark, which is the impetus for the song Light, because mm-hmm. Natalie comes in and helps him, um, which isn't what she's really been doing this whole time. Um, but then, like you said, like she needs her parents to take care of her. But at the end, it's her who comes in and is like, hey, let's turn the lights on. Let's get you going. Yeah. We got to keep living. Um, but but yeah, it leaves him in a place of he's he has n- he has no distraction from his own grief. Right. Which is to say who, I mean, if if in the stage version he does start getting help, maybe that's like, oh, he'll be good. That's a good sign. He's but like certainly, we've seen, yeah, I mean, Dr. Madden sort of gives him the name of a... Yes, of a different... Of a like, different person, person to, to go see. see yeah. But like we've seen with Diana, that isn't always the solution. Right. It doesn't always work. Right. And so... It, it really, I mean, it doesn't end... I think it's, it's, it's also an... It, it, it's an interesting question, mm. but it's also kind of... there's never been a show to me where that's more irrelevant where it's like the point is is that this and one of the things i love about it is that it doesn't stop it doesn't end it just stops correct the just like we followed diana and natalie kind of on their journeys through the last two acts Mm -hmm. over however many weeks or months Mm -hmm. and now we're gonna stop following them and they're gonna be keep living yeah, and they're going to do what they're going to do, and it's either going to be fine or it's not. And, and actually, the implication to me more feels like sometimes it'll be fine, and sometimes it it won't I mean, be if fine. If you connect it back to the beginning, it's just another day, and this mm-hmm. has just been a series of days in their life, and then the days keep going. Yeah, because I mean, you kind of get it in media res at the beginning mm-hmm. when you just jump into their evening, um, and so I think it's it's just kind of like continuing that, like you've been here for this and mm-hmm. we'll just keep going like and and it's just because it's just life it's suburban life that you don't see right necessarily yeah hiding behind the veneer, the veneer kind of but it's the ending that makes it not boring to me because there's an ending mm-hmm. of this show where everything's fine she's cured she yeah did it. <laughs> and she decides to do the responsible thing and keep you know keep trying with the medication and dan mm-hmm. decides to not deny her pain and he and admits to, to her Yale. that he's hurting in the same kind of way and Natalie goes to Yale and everybody's happy. Yeah. She never knows in in this current show that he feels the same way that she does. That Diana, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That he sees what she sees. Yes. Which is... Which she begs him for. I mean, that's the thing mm-hmm. is like during uh, You Don't Know and I Am The One, I mean, she basically accuses him of... Not, she, she, she sings the line, you say that you're hurting them, but... It, it, sure doesn't it doesn't show. show, right? Whoa, I never put that together. Yeah. I mean, I knew that, but yeah. But it's that that's kind of what she needs from him. It's just, it, it, she, anyway, what she says she needs. Mm-hmm. Just to know that, that someone's this is him. as bad for him as it is for her. And he can't tell her that, he can't, I mean, it's, it's, I don't know how you'd prove to somebody that you hurt as much as they do, but. He, you don't really realize until the end how walled off he is, like from his own feelings. You get it a bit in um, uh, the song "How Could I Ever Forget." How could I ever forget? How could I ever forget? Screaming at doctors, I was so upset. This wait, you never said we were too late. But I was a child. Those weeks were 
they that's that's about the closest that they get and, and even that he he just he chimes in with her at the end right. and is kind of with her for a little bit um but doesn't go all all the way obviously. yeah he doesn't it's it's not like if he was going to that was the point where he would say I also like that's where the point when he would be like, this is also what's going on with me, but he doesn't. Well, because he's also the only character, and this might be the reason we really don't like him. Is uh, <laughs> he's the only character who doesn't really take a chance? Yeah. Either for good or for bad. I mean, the thing about Diana's choice at the end, it's risky. It's very risky, but it is like I mean, her, the logic of it makes sense to me from the sense of like, listen, nothing. We've done all this stuff, and I keep ending up back here mm, in the same spot. So I've got to do something radically different. Responsible or irresponsible. Well, it's it, funny because like it's they a say valid that choice. the the sign of insanity is doing the same thing twice right. and expecting the same result. Yeah, yeah. So she's kind of breaking out of that. She's breaking the cycle pattern. Of insanity. Yes, exactly right. And it will work or it won't. But it is it is she's making an effort. Mm. I, I do hate I hate it in story. I mean, it happens in life, so it, it can it should happen in stories. But it, <laughs> I hate it in life too when <laughs> when parents leave children like that. I mean, Natalie needs her yeah, mom, it's and true. I respect on one level they do have that moment. I mean, they share the moment of, in the song. Maybe mm-hmm. you get where I think Natalie understands that her mom does love her, mm-hmm. but you know, then she's gone. But I also think like yes, and um, sure she hasn't really had her there that's true um i mean she says that line also specifically um when her mom is like oh i like in in maybe is it maybe yeah in that song where she's like this is these are my hopes for you like this is my thoughts um she says uh where like i'm happy that you're sharing right now but where has all this caring been for 16 years yeah um and so i think that's also her being kind of a bit more grown up than she has to be but oh absolutely it's as grown up as she kind of has become and so i think that's why like yes i do think that diana needs to be there but maybe but i think a different diana needs to be there that makes sense yeah that's true i mean and i do they do end in a place that lets you think this is their relationship is progressing yes and it's gonna take i mean it's also the thing of like it does a thing that's very hard to do in stories where it's like it tells you that there is a a long future Mm-hmm. with these characters in front of it yeah. you know people aren't done in that kind of like because mm. you know diana's leaving but she's not Gone. never coming back yeah. you know what i mean she's just like she you know well that probably will split up obviously and, and, and all that like legally but that's not how the show ends <laughs> the like show that probably does happen she, she doesn't say i we're, we're getting divorced she says right. i'm leaving you know what i mean it's it's very and it's a it's a it's it, you know is it a semantic difference absolutely but it is... That's all musicals are. Right, it's true. <laughs> it's a lot of language. It's a lot of language in the show, It's too. a lot of language. But, like, so Natalie makes... I mean, going back to what I was saying before, I mean, Diana mm-hmm. makes the bold decision at the end. Mm-hmm. Natalie makes some pretty big decisions and bold choices. Now she is a teenager, so they come a little more naturally. But she does <laughs> do them. She does try things. She makes, mm-hmm. she, she makes choices. Dan makes one choice, really, in the whole show, and it's an awful choice mm-hmm. at the beginning yeah. of Act 2. And... He goes from being a sort of passively loving yes, passive guy. He also makes a terrible choice out of love. It it is it is mm-hmm. clear that he he's making it partially out of love, though at the end you understand there's also some some selfishness there. <laughs> uh 
which explains how easily he came to that decision. I yeah, think like, I always wondered. This is what's right. I've been doing it for years. Right. Thank this is you. good. We're just going to ignore <laughs> this is fine. everything. Yeah. We just pretend it's fine. Uh, <laughs> Smoke and mirrors. Right. Everybody. Everything's fine. Never had a son. Oh God. You know. <laughs> oh, like, no. That's wait a minute. Wait a Dan. 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 Right. Hand up in the back. <laughs> music Dan. box. Dan. Right. Dan. <laughs> the Dan. music box. It's a metaphor, Dan. I kind of can't believe Natalie went along with it as much as she does. Like it, it's. A, I get what she does. She's, I get she's a it. teenager. It's her parents. Her dad is telling her, "Yeah, no, like this is a bad idea." He also doesn't say like never. He kind of does that parental thing of being like, "Just not yet, just not." You know, he's very like, yeah. "No, no, no, like this will this is too much or something." Start like, with something small, something yeah, personal, yeah. And, and it's just, oh my god, yeah. And she's doing so. I mean, it's such a it's a sad song for Natalie too because all the things Diana's remembering <laughs> are so bad memories <laughs> for Natalie when she runs over the cat. When I jumped in the pool, right. And I ran over somebody's cat. Yes, it was ours. We ran over. Yeah, that but whole. I, I love that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also like. I don't love nostalgia. Like a lot of things where I think about things in the past, they like make me sad for whatever reason. Which is why I loved Inside Out. Because Inside oh, Out God, was like yeah. sadness and happiness can live together. And I was right. like, okay. Um, but it's very interesting that that like Dan is just like all of the good things are all you need to know. And then she's like. And she does it in a snarky way, but I think it's true. Like, these are also a part of you. And I think that's the big overarching thing is that um, not that you don't need to treat symptoms and deal with mental health, but that you don't just push it away. Like, because then there's just a hole left. Like, you have to deal, you have to, you have to embrace it as a part of what has happened or what you are, like, a part of you in a way um, in order to deal with it. Mm -hmm. Like, that's, that's the whole kind of. That's the whole reason Gabe exists. Right. And we are the sum, I mean, we're the sum total of our experiences. Yeah. And, you and know, you can't, when just, you, cut you all can't that just take all the bad ones away. And, you know, obviously, like movies and fiction have been dealing with that idea mm -hmm. for years, but it's dealt with here in such a clean narrative, realistic way. Because mm -hmm. it's often dealt with in this sort of like eternal sunshine of the spotless mind way where it's like you can just erase all your bad memories and then, you know, the character goes hunting for them because yeah. they're part of who they but are. These are like real, like real but things. This really that happened. Happen. She had electroshock therapy. She lost a ton of memory. And mm -hmm. that's unusual but you know it is coming back and it helps it comes back pretty quickly when it starts to come back which i think is mm -hmm. another reason dan decides to put the music box away is He's because like, oh, no, no. it is rushing in you know what yeah. I mean? and you could give him you could be generous and say he initially does go this, that's a little much for this mm -hmm. moment but then he kind of goes oh hey hang on also we haven't talked about and this isn't a huge deal but like the do the doctor is the one who brings up the son first after Diana has forgotten all of this stuff. Right. And I'm just like, what a jerk move by the doctor. Yeah. Which isn't to say, like, he, they shouldn't talk about it, but because he specifically said, like, start with the light stuff and didn't probably really know where. I mean, it, it seemed like Dan wasn't going to tell her, obviously. But The doctors like, don't come off great in no, this show. It's which, a really... Sorry, doctors. <laughs> but well, I think it is, it's also of its time. It should... Yes, I, I really, like... Definitely. In 2009, this sort of idea of... An over-medicated, under-caring healthcare system, like, which may or may not have directly led to the passage of the Affordable Care Act, question mark. Like, <laughs> it, it is that it was certainly, they didn't invent this. They didn't make no, up this definitely. idea. No, definitely. It was this more was of a commentary on what was going on. Yes. Um, and I feel like we've, like, the, the conversation kind of since then has continued on. I feel like it's still, like, definitely, like, stigma around mental health and stuff, but I feel like we talk about it more, generally speaking, than mm -hmm. I feel like we necessarily did 10 years ago or yeah. whatever it is. And you do only see two doctors. You can kind of like, the, yes. the good thing to me is that it's, it's, and you also don't, it's not the 
medical industrial complex that she's banging her head against. She's banging her head against two individual doctors. Correct. And one of whom is, I think, Dr. Fine is kind of objectively not a great doctor. Yeah, he's just a get it done. Right. You're fine now. Dr. Madden, like a lot of people, has a point of view of like Mm -hmm. what's good for you and what's bad for you. And when you veer out of the good for you, you, he, because he's not... I haven't seen the show, so I don't want to say too much about it. But it doesn't strike me that when she when she turns down the electroshock therapy, he's concerned, but he's not mean about it, or you know what I mean. He's I don't like, remember that very much in seeing it, but I, I my impression is the he same. doesn't bully her. You know, no. he doesn't put he he just he pushes his point of view, and he maybe does he has it. an opinion as a medical professional. Exactly right, and it it makes her. You know, he probably gets up on his and his hinds a little and his haunches a little bit, but mm. it, it is not. I, the, the message of the show isn't that the 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 medical industrial complex did this to her. Right. It's yes. just that her her experience is not helped. And I think it's like about, a lot, and that's a common you know common experience. I think. I think it's also about uh, like patient agency and listening mm-hmm. to a person to trust that they know how they want to be taken care of. Um, be and which isn't to say like sometimes. Whatever. Sometimes people aren't in a state to make a decision. But um, but like with the electric shock therapy, Dan mm-hmm. explicitly did not want to do it. Um, and she gets convinced by Dan. Um, I wouldn't go as far as to say manipulated, but but definitely no, like... No, he pushes her. I mean, he... He does... Yeah. But he put, I mean, his arguments are pretty... They're valid. They're... Well, he's just agreeing with the doctor. Yeah. And he does sort of make the statement like that like, nothing else has helped... So why not? Like, why not try this? And her kind of arguments being like, are you out of your mind? Like, why not I don't want to be this? lobotomized. It's lobotomy. Right. And, you know. But yeah, it does seem like she's 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 compelled to make this decision. She is sort of, she's definitely pushed into it. Yeah. Um, she is not. But she sort of has lost. A, she. I think she also recognizes that she's lost a lot of uh, rights to make arguments because she tried to kill herself. Mm-hmm. Like, there is this sense of, like, she she does she she has she doesn't have a lot of legs to stand on because mm-hmm. she's a danger to herself and whether whatever you're you know that's a whole other conversation about like suicide rights i'm not going right, to get into no. that right now that's, <laughs> cuz that's not what the show is about no but the, it's it it speaks to the complexity of diana as a character that she she's very aware of her pain mm. and her but her, like, it's funny how in that moment she kind of is very aware of her effect on other people to me. Like, that she she doesn't want the lobotomy, mm-hmm. but she wanted to die. You know what I mean? Like, there's this dichotomy. She has this yeah. conversation. The conversation she has with Dan at the end, he kind of, he knows, it's it's that symbol of, like, how long they've been together. He kind of knows how to get mm-hmm. into her in just the right way to be like, you need to do this. So it's not manipulative exactly. Yeah. But he has the upper hand in the argument. Correct. And he uses that hand yeah. to get what he wants. You know, he plays all his cards exactly right. Um, uh, yeah. Well, we ha- another thing we haven't talked about is the most... I mean, they're all heartbreaking songs. Yeah, one literally, of the mo- when, she, when Brittany says that, I want to join them. If you haven't heard the show, that is not an exaggeration. <laughs> there are very few songs so in this many. show. There are songs in this show that you could listen to out of context. Like I'm alive, yes. and go. Oh wow, that's an upbeat song, and that's yeah, that song by her dead son who is broken dead through son her. Dead saying, "Knock knock." Right, he's Remember broken me. through her consciousness, and it's kind of a terrorizing song. Oh, you're like, there's not, <laughs> there are no happy songs. But, Until the, I think Light is a happy song. Yes, but, but one of and on. all, I like the Haze. But yeah, Haze are good. The Haze. Haze. <laughs> um, but is is uh, there's a world, uh, which is 
uh, Gabe's song to Diana that leads to her suicide, which is the most haunting. Yeah. There's a world. There's a world out there. I'll show you just where. And in time, I know you'll see. There's a world where we can be. most subtle way of, right. of showing her mental state um, and they don't show anything that is um, explicit or that is traumatizing they just it's just a, a a snapshot of her brain at the time and it's such a nice song it's a beautiful song but that's what makes it so dangerous and scary well it's um, seductive I mean it's, it's that yeah. it's that uh it, you, you, because you, if you're gonna have a character do something like that, a very self-destructive situation, you, it, it's easy to do it in a kind of like glib. Mm-hmm. She could play the music box and scream at the heavens and like mm-hmm. do something, but she doesn't. Like you say, yeah. it's a sweet. They play the music box, they dance, and he sings this very seductive song about and how he's just gonna take her away. There's a world of no pain, and I'm there, and, and it's you beautiful, want and that. you want that, and she does, and she. She takes him up on his uh, his offer, and it yeah, it's. I also didn't. I feel like in seeing it, it didn't quite hit me that that's what was happening until a bit into the song, and then you're like, yeah, which is it's designed oh that way. It's yeah. like it's it's the whole like. That's what the whole play is, I guess. It's all like it really wait is until the last second. But that's why it's a real tribute to them that they they took the time to really get this tight. Mm. Um, I I don't want to say right because you never know. There's, yeah, there's but, always things that can um, evolve. And, it, it, like, as I say, like, it's not – I, I can understand how people would have a problem with the show, especially now with the way – the wonderful strides we've made in the last, like, eight years on mm-hmm. mental health and uh, yeah. the public view of mental health. I don't yeah. mean, like, advances in in, in, re, in, uh, in treatment, just the, the fact that it's it's becoming less stigmatized every day, and that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and this show kind of, I think, is a push forward in that, ultimately. I do wonder how it will age – yeah. Uh, or if it just has to become a time capsule of like, it's a show that was came out in 2009 and that's mm-hmm. this is where we were. Like in that case, mm-hmm. I think it's very valid um, and it will survive. Uh, it'll certainly survive because it, you know, won the Pulitzer. So it keeps going up on, on <laughs> lists. On. And as long as I am here, I'll continue to play it. <laughs> it'll survive by me, Brittany Trusky. What is your favorite song? What is my favorite song? Mm-hmm. Um... I really love, like, to listen to and sing probably Superboy and the Invisible Girl Mm -hmm. is the easiest one to just play because you can take it out of context and it's just kind of like a cool Mm -hmm. song with great harmonies. I mean, they all have really good. That's another thing I like. They're all good, good. tight harmonies. And I'm like, oh. Um, So I would say Superboy and the Invisible Girl and um, Just Another Day are the ones that I listen to the most. That's a really good opening number. Um, and And I... and the the hey one two and three I love to do as well. When he says <laughs> she looks like a star in hey number three, I just like melts into a little a little puddle of a person. I guess I, mean, I like the romantic ones a lot. Yeah. Um, well, I like I, I you know we've said he's good, but I like Henry. Henry's yeah. a really nicely written. He doesn't overreach. He doesn't yeah. like they don't try to do more with him than they should. Mm-hmm. He just sort of. 
he's fine. He you know, he's doing his thing. He's Henry never. Chin, what's his name? Harry Henry Chandler Barrett. What's his name? Is his name Henry? Henry is the character. Oh, the actor. You mean? Yeah. The actor. I think it's name like Hen- Henry Chandler Barrett. Is Adam. 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 <laughs> I'm crazy. Chan- Chandler. Yeah, Chandler Barrett or Barat. Barat. Um. No, he's he's really good. I saw yeah. him also in Amelie. The musical, which was not a good musical, but he did very well. Oh, well, that's good. <laughs> good for him. Yeah. So yeah, Henry's Henry's just Henry's just fun. He's not. He's not like. And he's not Dan, but he's not. No, not Dan. but he's he's you know he's a he's not her savior. Correct. But he does the thing. It's it's what's really great about Henry, from a writing standpoint. Again, is that he does the one thing that nobody else does. Is he just loves Natalie, mm-hmm. and he pays attention to Natalie, and he gives her crap when she deserves it. Yes. Which is a kind of love. He doesn't like dote on her. He does like he the most he fawns on her is when he says, "I'm trying to tell you that I love you." Like everything after <laughs> yes, that, in a very, awkward in a very way. awkward and direct way. Every time after that, when he, you know, it's all very genuine. He just yeah. he cares about her, and mm-hmm. nobody else like in that same way just cares about Natalie. Not even Natalie. Mm. And so that's really nice that she has somebody, she has somebody who just likes her for her. You know, yeah, because she hangs with Leonardo. Uh, Leonardo. Okay, never mind. Damn, that joke. <laughs> oh, I didn't get super it. Super flat. Oh, oh I'm aloof. man. No, no, I don't think you're aloof. I think you're just younger than me. <laughs> <laughs> I am a baby. Just younger enough than just me. Than, just a little bit. Just a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, this is normally where I ask people what they have coming up, but I know what you have coming up. So why don't you tell people what you have? I will ask you, like I don't know, but what do you have coming up in June? In June. in June, oh well, in June, um, I don't really know. What well, we're right doing. now, running at, <laughs> right, right now at Adventure Theater. Right now at Adventure Theater, um, we will be. Uh, is Judy Moody and Stink? Is Judy in Moody the... and Stink the Mad 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 Treasure Hunt, which right. is four Mads? Yes. Um, which I am uh, currently stage managing. I'm stage managing through rehearsals, so I'm working on it directly a little bit. Okay. Um, but then in the summer, yeah, um, we have this new work. Yeah. Uh, by, uh, that is Tinkerbell, mm-hmm. um, written by the one and only uh, Patrick Flynn. <laughs> See how I did that, everybody? Thank he you. Set it up. He set yes, it up. we it's will be. We will not be. It was a trap. Yeah. Uh, we will not be in rehearsal when this comes out. We will not yet be in rehearsals, but we will be yes. getting ready to go into rehearsals. Yes. And it's very exciting. It's very exciting. Um, Cast is set and. And stellar, Looks great. Yes, so yeah, it's so be. excited about everyone who's going to be in that cast. I'm very excited too. Directed and this by is Nick Olcott. Directed by Nick Olcott, and uh, I'm so excited to see the puppets. That's my my super like mm-hmm, excited moment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but the uh, this is also to announce. I should let everybody know that uh, all of June, July, because the show opens June 22nd mm-hmm. and runs till August 20th, and uh, it is all through late June. All through that run, we are going to be doing all Tinkerbell-themed episodes. Not, no, I said that the, the episodes themselves won't be themed around the character of Tinkerbell. It'll be all people involved in the show. So it'll be a Tinkerbell oh. run where we'll have um, the cast members on. Oh, and that's uh, fun. Not all of them, but, but most of them. And also I'll be doing uh, reruns of previous episodes during intermission weeks. We'll have Michelle Polera, who is playing Tinkerbell. Her so episode excited. will be back out. Uh, Michael Bobbitt, who is producing the show, his mm-hmm. episode will be back out. And uh, so you're going to be hearing a lot about Tinkerbell in the It's going to be great. And you should come to Adventure Theater in Glen Echo and see it because it yeah. is going to be great. Summer shows are always so fun. That's great. We I run mean. for literally forever. So you can come 80-some get us. 80-some performances, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. We don't play. 
The original cast is produced and edited by me, Patrick Flynn. The original cast is on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at OriginalCastPod. You can follow me on Twitter at UnknownPenguin. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts from the convenience of your iPhone and or check out the original cast on Stitcher if that's how you get down. My thanks to Brittany Trusky for coming down and talking to me today. I'm Patrick Flynn, and I can't. I have rehearsal. <laughs>